What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. tuned in to a brand new episode of Sports Wave with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Streets, Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is episode 273, episode 273 of Sports Wave with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. This episode here, uh, NFL Week 2 Recap. Uh, I'm going to be breaking down the episodes in twos, probably. I'm going to have like a football episode and then have like a side episode where it doesn't relate to the NFL. So for this week, it's going to be... Week two recap. Earlier this week, I had dropped, you know, the Aces, you know, winning the championship. They just had a uh, parade a few days ago. So congratulations to them on, again, winning the WNBA championship. Uh, It was a nice little turnout for them. You know, even though you had a bunch of idiots, uh dogging the attendance or whatever the case may be. But listen, they grind hard. They played all season. They did their thing. They wound up being the last team standing, and they won the WNBA championship. So congrats to, again, the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, So they have it. Man, listen, it is 1 a.m. in the morning, and your boy is recording. I'm on that grind, man. On that grind, yo. But yeah, week two recap. So, of course, I'm going to recap, you know, the games from week two. I'm going to also give my offensive and defensive player of the week awards. And, of course, do my game picks for week number three. So, let's just dive straight into it, shall we? Uh, 
the first game from week two, it was the Chiefs and the Chargers. You know, that's pretty much the game right there where a lot of people felt that those are the two top teams of their respective division. Uh, Kansas City won 27-24. Listen, it was a dope game. And not for nothing, if Justin Herbert does not throw that interception, (laughs) if he does not throw that interception to Watson, who takes it back to the house for 99 yards, I don't know if the Chiefs win that game. I think I think the Chargers walk out of there with another W because remember, they won there last year. But uh, bad, bad, bad. Bad management. Bad management from the Chargers because the receiver was tired and wanted to come out. But they didn't let him come out. And Justin Herbert threw it his way. He wasn't paying attention. Watson caught it. Ran it to the house. Uh, Justin Herbert did wind up getting hurt during the game. But from what I just read on ESPN, the coach for the Chargers said that he's starting to feel a lot more comfortable. So he should be good to go for this upcoming week. I think it was a rib fracture, some shit like that. I mean, you don't wanna you don't wanna play with your ribs, man. Mike Williams did his thing this game. Obviously they was, you know, without Keegan Allen. But listen, the Chargers lost by three. They lost by three. Ain't nothing wrong with losing by three to the Chiefs. Mahomes is doing Mahomes things. Uh can't really say much about that. You know what I'm saying? Mahomes is that dude. I don't care what, you know, the NFL uh, player focus said. I think they had him, I think, the seventh best player in the league this year, some shit like that, going into the season. Obviously, that's bullshit, but you know it is what it is. But, yes, the Chiefs won 27-24. to They are now 2-0. and and the Chargers are one and one. Jets and the Browns. Listen, there was a lot of comebacks this past weekend. And the Jets just happened to be one of them. I want to give the Jets all the credit in the world. Because they could have easily, easily packed this shit in. They could have easily packed it in. When Nick Chubb scored his two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, making it 17 to 30, that was a little after the two minute warning. The Jets could have easily said, you know what? We're going to pack this shit in. We're going to get ready for the next game. What happens? Joe Flacco goes out there, throws a 66 yard pass to Corey Davis. Get the onside kick. Comes down. 22 seconds. Garrett Wilson gets a touchdown pass from Joe Flacco to make it 31 to 30. We got to we listen, we gotta give the Jets credit. We've got to, because they could have easily just packed it in, but they didn't. So nothing but respect to the New York Jets, gang green. So, to all my Jet fans out there, man, I'm man, listen. Y'all niggas still not going to the playoffs, but for this game alone, I'm going to give them their props. I'm going to give them their respect. Commanders and the Lions. I'm not going to lie to y'all. This was one of my losses this week, and something told me. Because, listen, I'm going to just keep it tall. I give my picks for the episode, but then on Sunday, before the games start, I rewrite those picks on my social media pages. There have been times where I've changed my pick on that particular Sunday. This game, I was close to doing it, but something told me to stick with the Washington Commanders, and I so wish I didn't. Because, listen, this Detroit Lions team, 
is is better than people expected. They're going to make it hard for a lot of teams out there. A lot of teams out there. They almost gave this game away too. They almost gave it away. They had a 22 to zip lead at halftime. They could have easily gave this game away. I mean, Carson Wentz, three touchdowns, one interception, close to 350 yards. I mean, he was probably the only one that actually balled in that game besides Samuel and McLaurin on the receiving side of the ball. Jared Goff, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. St. Brown killed the commanders, whether it was on the ground or receiving or receiving. So now the Lions are one and one. Washington is one and one. I'ma say this, man. That that NFC North might be interesting if Detroit could wind up balling. Because again, I think they're better than a lot of people were talking. And you gotta give them credit. Like you got to give them absolute credit. Next, we got the Buccaneers and the Saints. Listen, this game was basically nip and tuck all the way to the fourth quarter, right? Yes, the Buccaneers won 20 to 10, right? Okay, Jameis Winston threw three interceptions. One of them happened to be a pick six. Brady didn't really do much. Until the fourth quarter where he threw a touchdown pass to Perryman. Uh, obviously, Winston threw something late, but the game was pretty much over. But obviously, we know what the talk was in this game. And that was the melee between Mike Evans and Mashawn Lattimore. Yes, a tussle broke out. Yes, a fight ensued. Yes, Mike Evans has been suspended. Uh, Yesterday, he actually tried to appeal the suspension, and it stuck. So he will not be playing this weekend against the Packers. I get that he was trying to defend Brady because Brady and Lattimore, you know, was going back and forth. I get that he told the ref, you know, that's Tom Brady. What, What do you want me to do? I get that. But Brady got Mike Evans suspended because he was the one that started this melee. I don't know what it is. Well, actually, I do know what it is. He went into this game playing a team who has basically had his number in the regular season since he's been in New Orleans. 0-4 in the regular season. Obviously, they got the one win in the playoffs. But in the regular season, he is 0-4 against the Saints. He was catching tantrums on the sidelines, throwing tablets on the sidelines, having a, having a war of words with Marshawn Lattimore, which got Mike Evans in the scuffle and wound up getting him suspended. This is why I said Tom Brady should have never came back. Because his personal life, his issues at home, is now interfering with his play on the football field. And I think it's been that way for both these games. I think it was against New Orleans it was that way, and I think it was that way against Dallas. But, I mean, for the most part, both of these teams got good defenses. So I'm going to give, you know, their defense, you know, their credit as well. I'm not going to sit here and say all the personal business from Brady got him playing the way he's playing, but it definitely got something to do with it. You know what I'm saying? But listen, the Bucks, the defense right now is what is what's propelling this team right now. You know, the Bucks are 2-0 right now because of their defense. It's not because of Brady. It's because of their defense. And if this team can stay healthy, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the defense that we thought we was going to see last year from this team, we might we might see them this year. We might see them this year. But the Bucks won. They're 2-0. New Orleans, 1-1. One one. There you have it. 
Giants and Panthers. The Giants are 2-0 for the first time in six years. In six years. I want to give... The Giants coach... The ball. Hopefully I said his last name right. He's done he's done an amazing job so far with this team. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and call him a great coach or a dope coach. But the way he's got this team set up, you can see that they love playing for him. Saquon did his thing this game, even though he didn't crack a hundred yards. Daniel Jones played relatively all right. You know, he had a very, very, very key, uh, I think it was third down, you know, in a two-minute warning where he rushed it, where he ran it for a first down and basically iced the game for the Giants to beat the Panthers. Field goal kickers, what was it? Lat, the, what was it? the first week, field goal kickers was... Getting kicked in their ass for all the missed field goals they was making. Well, Graham Gano definitely made up for it this game because shit. He had twelve. Listen, he had twelve points. He had twelve points for the Giants alone. Two field goals in the first quarter. One in the fourth quarter, and then obviously the fifty-six yarder. To give the Giants the lead 19-16. Listen, the Panthers are 0-2. I told people that the Panthers was not going to make the playoffs this season. I don't know why they really thought that Baker was going to get this team to the playoffs. I did not see it coming. Me, personally, Christian McCaffrey is a stud. I love DJ Moore. And I love Robbie Anderson. Those are the special points for this team. It's McCaffrey and it's those receivers. It's not Baker. It's not Baker. And the numbers prove that. 14 for 29, and you can only get 145 yards passing? That's trash. That's caca. But, hey, let these Baker stands tell it it wasn't his fault. So whose fault is it? But, hey, it is what it is. Patriots and Steelers. I was so sure that the Steelers would win this game. Obviously, I was wrong. Now, obviously, this Patriots-Steelers rivalry is not what it used to be. Because, obviously, Brady's not there no more. Roethlisberger's not there no more. But Coach Belichick and Coach Tomlin are. I had a lot of cause to pause for this game. This was another game where I said, yo, I picked the Steelers, but on Sunday, something told me, change it to New England. Change it to New England. And for some reason, I chose to stick with my gut, and I chose to stick with New England. Mac Jones did his thing, even though he turned the ball over, a little over 252 yards. Harris... Decent running back for the Patriots. I don't expect him to have any crazy yards, you know, in the backfield, but he's still a dope running back, all things considered. Aguilar did his thing, as long as he's not dropping any passes like he was doing to Philly, but that's neither here nor there. Jacoby Myers did his thing. Listen, Mitchell Trubisky... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's clear you're not that guy. The same shit I just said about Baker Mayfield. You had 21 completions for 33 attempts. And you only had 168 passing yards. Now, this picket quarterback. 
I do see him playing somehow this season for the Steelers. I just don't know which game. I can't wrap my mind around it as of yet. But I do suspect that he will be playing soon for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I don't know when. But it's going to happen because Mitchell Trubisky, he, he, he's just not that dude. He, he's not the guy for this team. Both teams, well, no, the Steelers are one and one. Well, yeah, both teams one and one, pardon self. Jaguars and the Colts. I was so confident that the Colts would win this game. I don't know what it is with them. I don't know what's going on with Matt Ryan, but he's looking horrible these first two games of this young season. Sacked five times by this Jaguars defense. Jonathan Taylor only had 54 carries. I mean, 54 yards for nine carries. The Jaguars shut them out 24 to zip. Now, mind you, you would think that you would get retribution for them ending your season last year, but nope. Y'all went back to the scene of the crime, and this time, couldn't even score a point. It's bad enough that y'all had a tie the first game of the season with the Texans, but now you go back to Jacksonville and don't score nothing? Mm, 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 mm. Horrible. Nasty work. Nasty work by... Nasty work by the Colts. Man, I'm sorry, man. I'm yawning like crazy, but hey, it's 120. I'm cooking up. It is what it is. Dolphins and the Ravens. This might have been the best, well, probably one of the best games this weekend. I ain't even get to probably the best game of the week, but if anything, this probably was. This was another comeback. I want to give I want to give props to the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know a lot of people out there are still not sold on Tua. And not for nothing, neither am I. But we asked these quarterbacks to show us something this season. Because Tua was on the clock this season. Jalen Hurts was on the clock this season. Kyler Murray was on the clock this season. Do you see the pattern that I'm going with? Black quarterbacks. They all were on the clock this season as far as playing better, being more productive. Listen, the Ravens had the Dolphins 35 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. Right. Any other team. Or especially a losing mentality team. Could have did with the jet could have did what could have had the mindset that the Jets didn't have and said, you know what? Let's pack it up. Let's get ready for the next week. Miami said, nah, we're going to still be in this game. And all it took was for Tua to get a touchdown. From Crawcraft to make it 25 to 21. What happened after that? Two straight touchdowns from Tyreek Hill. A 48-yard pass and a 60-yard pass. Now, okay, Justin Tucker does what he does. Kick them long field goals, make it 35 to 38. Cool. Dolphins get the ball back. They could have easily said, you know what? We're not going to go for the touchdown. We're going to play for the field goal. Tua said, oh, no, we not. We're going for the win. Jalen Watered, a seven-yard pass from Tua. So as much as I want to give props to Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson had a hell of a game, he might have been my week two player of the week. Had the Ravens won this game. 318 yards throwing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He wasn't sacked. He had 119 yards on the ground, 
with a touchdown. But since they lost, I can't give it to them. I don't give I, I don't give player of the week award to teams to players that lose. I give it to winners. He could have gotten that. You know what I'm saying? Ravens Ravens defense was just abysmal. Now I'm hoping Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Suggs. Hopefully he paid the Ravens a visit this past week, all three of them, and spoke to the defense for the Ravens because I get this is not the Ravens defense of old, but if it's one thing we know about Ravens defenses from back then, it was about effort. It was about commitment. This Ravens defense, I don't know what the hell this was. But at the end of the day, we still got to give Tua his props because he saw openings and he executed on it. So we get, we, we, we got to give Tua his props for that. Dolphins are 2-0. Ravens 1-1. One and one. Rams and Falcons. Falcons are 0-2. Rams are one and one. I mean, I didn't really watch this game as much, so I can't really go into direct detail about it. But yes, the Rams won 31 to 27. You know what I'm saying? 49ers and Seahawks. Listen, I only seen it a little bit. Unfortunately, Trey Lance got hurt. And it's looking like his season is over. And it's also looking like his starting job is over because it's crazy that he gets hurt. Immediately, a few weeks after Jimmy G signs his one-year deal. Now, for y'all that are watching, I mean, well, for y'all that are listening, Maybe y'all could agree with me. Maybe y'all don't. Dis- maybe y'all don't agree with me. But watching that game, I don't know if it's me or maybe I'm thinking a little too much of it. But for me, it was like the 49ers receivers and the offense. They were more enthused and more driven to do well with Jimmy G out there than they did Trey Lance for the half a time he was out there for this game. And even last week. That's just my opinion. Now, Geno Smith had that famous quote from, you know, what was it, week one against the uh, Broncos. He said, they tried to write me out, but I didn't write back. Such as whatever, whatever it was. Well, this week you ain't do no shit talking. Below 20 yards, you didn't even throw a touchdown pass. You did turn the ball over, and you only scored seven points. The Niners won 27-7. I mean, Lockett did his thing, but other than that, nobody else did nothing on that team. But salute to the San Francisco 49ers for getting back on the winning side because, I mean, the Niners should be 2-0. I don't understand how they lost to the Bears, but that's neither here nor there. The Bengals and the Cowboys. It might be trouble in Cincy. A lot of people had high hopes for this Bengals team. You had some people saying they might make the Super Bowl again. You had some people saying they might win the division again. But right now, they're 0-2. Six times... Joe Burrow was sacked six times. This Cowboys defense did their thing with him. And not for nothing, this Cowboys defense has the potential to be a top five, top seven defense. I'm not even going to hold you. Cooper Rush 
another start where he did his thing. Obviously, he had to start last season against the Vikings on Halloween, the day before my birthday. Did his thing that game. This game, 235 yards. He did not turn the ball over. He took care of the ball. Listen, Zeke, 15 carries, 53 yards. Tony Pollard had 43 yards, ran a touchdown. Cowboys won in the clutch. Not for nothing. That field goal kick at the end of the game. Watching it in live time, I thought that shit was no good. So I was surprised when they said it was good because that shit looked no good if you ask me. But uh, again, Cincinnati, something got to give, man. Something got to give. A lot of expectations for y'all this season. Please don't tell me y'all are one of these one and duns or y'all had y'all 15 minutes of fame and now y'all go back to being bums. I'm hoping that's not the case with this Cincinnati team. It's too much talent over there. Too much talent. Obviously with Joe Burrow, Mixon, Higgins, Chase, it's too much talent over there for the Cincinnati Bengals to go back to being the bums that they were for many years. So hopefully that's not the case. But props to the Cowboys. Yes, I'm saying props to the Cowboys. You know. Broncos and Texans. Listen, the Broncos won 16-9. Can't really tell y'all much about this game because I really didn't watch it. So it is what it is. The Raiders and the Cardinals. This might have been the best game over the weekend just because how it ended. This is another game where it was a blowout and the Cardinals said, you know what? We're not packing it up. We still got a shot here. And that was highly because of Kyler Murray. Highly because of Kyler Murray. But we get to overtime. Right? 15 to 23. In fact, fourth quarter, 15 to 23. Kyler Murray takes them, scores the scores a three-yard touchdown. Gets the two-point conversion. I don't know how he was able to throw that two-point conversion to AJ Green so deep in the end zone. And he catch that shit. I don't know how, but maybe that's why he's the football player and I'm not. And I'm just talking about it. But going into overtime, the one thing I didn't understand with the Raiders was this. When Derek Carr threw his first pass to Renfro and he fumbled the ball. And luckily the Raiders recovered it. What he should have noticed was these dudes, they're not just coming to tackle me. They're coming for the ball. They're coming for the ball. And it just so happened, I think the next play or probably the play after, Derek Carr threw, the, threw a pass to Renfloor. He fumbles the ball. And then Murphy picked it up. And then, bam, ran into the house. And that's how the game ended. Murphy, part himself. Brian Murphy Jr. Now, Derek Carr had a decent game. Give credit to the Cardinals defense on Derek on Devontae Adams because he only had 12 yards. Seven targets, two catches. So we got to give the Cardinals their credit for that. It was a lot of pressure on the Cardinals. Well, it's going to be a lot of pressure on the Cardinals this season. Because not for nothing, I mean, me personally, I still don't know how Kingsbury got the job with the Cardinals. I don't know why he still has the job, but it's a lot of expectations for this Cardinals team. And it's a good thing they was able to get this win because, again, they're without D-Hop for, I think, I think they said five or six games. 
So this was a good look for them to get this win a few more weeks before he comes back. Sunday night football, we had the Ray no, the Packers and the Bears. Listen, at the start of this game, I thought it was going to be interesting. Mason Crosby, you know, gets his field goal, makes it three zip. After that, Justin Field gets the ball. The Bears go down, score seven to three. I'm like, yo, this is going to be an interesting game here. And not for nothing, Justin Fields actually played well the first half. But see, here's my problem. They went away from that. They went away from that. Now, I get Montgomery did his thing. 122 yards. I get that. But there's no way my quarterback is only throwing the ball 11 times in the game. He only threw the ball 11 times, seven completions, 70 yards. How you expect to win? And then, what was it? It was one play. I forgot it. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Goal line stands, fourth and goal. And you got Justin Fields in a damn shotgun formation. Goal line that shit and get that shit in the end zone. What the hell you doing the shotgun for at the one-yard line? I don't know who the coordinator is for the Bears, but he have had to catch a fade for the game, you know, for the play calling that he was doing that game. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I honestly don't. Aaron Rodgers gained a little bit of chemistry with his receivers, especially Sammy Watkins. Almost a hundred yards. I mean. He only had three catches, four targets, but almost 100 yards, to say the least. Aaron Rodgers did fumble the ball and lose it. So, got to penalize him for that. He did have two touchdowns and no interceptions. The running game, Aaron Jones and Dylan, that one-two punch, if they could run the ball, the way they did against the Bears, and then Aaron Rodgers just do what he do, then the Packers are going to be a dangerous team. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the Packers do this weekend with their running game because they're going up against Tampa. So I'm eager to see how how they running game going to turn out that game. Now we get to the Monday night games. The first game, the Bills and the Titans. Listen, it's clear that the Buffalo Bills are the best team. Their first two games, over 30 points. Josh Allen is looking to be MVP this year. Over 300 yards, four touchdowns, no interception. The only hiccup you can say is that he got sacked. Stephon Diggs, 148 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Mm. He's definitely showing that he's one of the best receivers in the league by far. The Titans, I don't know what's going on with them. Listen, it's clear Ryan Tannehill was not that guy. I think the backup quarterback for the Titans might be Wilson. I think he might have been from the I forgot I forgot the name of the league, but who knows? It might be time, you know, it might be time, it might be time to throw him in the game. It just might be. It just might be. I'm just saying. Buffalo 2-0. Titans 0-2. Last but not least, 
We got the Eagles and the Vikings. Now, I said this when I did my picks last week. It had nothing to do about team versus team on why I picked Philly. The reason why I picked Philly was because the time of the game. 8-15. Nighttime. Primetime. What that means is that Kirk Cousins does not play well in primetime games. And guess what? It showed again this game. Three interceptions. Two of them was to Darius Slay. 46 passes, 221 yards was all he garnered up. That's what he did. Now, Jefferson had 48 yards, 12 targets. But uh, them yards did not happen when the slave was defending him. I'm just saying. Justin Hurts played amazing. The only hiccup you can say is that he turned the ball over. He got sacked three times. Okay, it happens. 333 passing yards. The Eagles running game had a hundred and they had 163 yards on the ground. This Eagles team, they got the offense. Right now they got the defense somewhat. They one two punch with their running game. Ain't nothing to sneeze at shit. You might as well say it. You might as well say a three man backfield if you if, if you include Hurts. Vikings is one and one. Philly is two and zero. Again, like I said, man, Philly was going to win this game because I didn't trust Kirk Cousins. Right now, I've never trusted him. But again, it's prime time. The big games he does not win. When the lights are the brightest, he does not shine. Now I get that he played that playoff game a few years ago against the Saints and they won, but. He got help from the refs. Let's call it what it is. He got help from the refs. That's how they beat the Saints. But it is what it is. But that's why I picked the Eagles to win this game. Because prime time and I just don't trust Kirk Cousins in those situations. So again, Philly is 2-0 and now the Rams is 1-1. So those are my, well... That was my recap for week two. So when your boy comes back, it's time to give out some wards, offense and defensive player of the week. And then we are going to go into my game picks for week three. So this is your man, Dre Day, Sports with Dre Day Podcast, episode 273. Your boy will be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's time for Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. Lovely. What time it is, it's time for Dre Day Weekly's Picks. What up, what up, what up? Your boy is back. It is now time to give out my awards for Week 2. Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. Now, listen, on offense, so many contenders, so many. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like I said, Lamar Jackson was in contention, but they lost. So I can't give it to you when you lose. Tua was in the conversation, six touchdowns, but you turned the ball over. Two turnovers. Got to penalize you for that. Tyreek Hill. Jaden Waddle. <sighs> Stephon Diggs. All those contenders, right? But I got to narrow it down to one. 
And my offensive player of the week for week three is... It's a tie. It's a tie. I really can't decide either Tyreek Hill or Jaden Waddle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them both. They're going to be co-offensive player of the week for week two. Now, I get it. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had more receiving yards. 190. To Waddle's 171. They both had two touchdowns. I get that. But Waddle did get the game-winning touchdown. Now, yes, Tyreek did get the touchdown to tie the game and the touchdown before. I get all of that. But I honestly cannot choose who to give it to. So, you know what? I'm going to give it to both of them. And very well-deserving, too. Because they showed up in the clutch when they could have just said... We're going to pack it in and get ready for Buffalo this upcoming week. But I think that's why they didn't, because they know it was coming up. Okay, we beat New England. We don't want to lose the Baltimore because then we got Buffalo coming to town. You know what? Nah, let's go out there and try to win this game. And they did that. So my offensive player of the week for week two is Tyreek Hill. And Jaden Water of the Miami Dolphins. Now let's go to my defense. Honestly, I think it was only fitting that this person won Defensive Player of the Week. That would be Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles. I have to give it to him. I so have to give it to him. I'm going to tell you why. I have to give it to him. Got to give it to him. The job that he did on Jefferson, that alone got to give it to him. And on top of that, two interceptions. Now, I don't like one of the interceptions. He went and gave the ball to James Harden because what the hell has he done in the city of Philly to deserve that type of treatment? But I digress, to say the least. But yes, Darius Slay is my defensive player for week two. So just to recap, my offensive player of the week is a tie. I have co-offensive player of the weeks. 305 in my yayo represented in this. Tyreek Hill and Jaden Water. And then on defense, I went with cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles, Darius Slay. And now it is time for my picks for week Three. But before I do that, I might as well tell y'all what my record was for week number two. Bad week. Bad week. Nasty work. Nasty work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Puh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine and seven was my record for week two. Back-to-back weeks with seven losses. Nasty work. Nasty work. But now let's go to week three. And we're starting off with Thursday night football. Division rivalry. Steelers and Cleveland Browns. Listen, the Cleveland Browns got some making up to do. After that heartbreaker to the Jets, they got some serious making up to do. 
Jacoby Brissett or Mitchell Trubisky. I don't trust neither. But I tell you who I do trust. And that would be that boy Nick Chubb. Now, Jadavion Clowney is out with an injury. I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. There you have it. Now let's go to the games on Sunday. We got the Texans and we got the Bears. Man, listen. I'm going to go with the Bears because they're at home. Don't really care too much for the Texans, so I'm going to go with the Chi-Town Bears. Next, we got the Ravens and the Titans. Both teams trying to get their first win of the season. King Henry has not been himself so far this season. Jacob's got more yards than him so far this season. Man. Damn. This is one of those Coach Prime ain't nobody cared type games. Well, no, not really. I mean, both teams 0-2, desperate to get their first win. You definitely don't want to start the season 0-3. With that being said, I am going to go. I'm going to go with the Titans. I'm going to go with the Titans for this reason. They got spanked in Buffalo. And I believe this is their first home game. Oh, no, 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 not even. They lost to the Giants in their home opener. So they got smoked this past week. And it's going to be on a short week, too. I think they're going to come out swinging this game. I really think they will. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the Titans. Next, we got the Chiefs and the Colts. The Chiefs are going to dog walk the Colts. Let's just call it what it is. I can definitely see Patrick Mahomes with three or four touchdowns. Three or four touchdowns in this game. Next, we got the Bills and the Dolphins. It's been a lot of talk about if the Dolphins can be a reliable threat to the Bills in the AFC East. They can definitely prove that theory this upcoming weekend. Do I think they will win? No. But if they go out there and put on a good showing in front of their crowd and don't get dog walked, they can make things interesting just for the AFC playoff race, period. Because I don't have them winning the division. I got Buffalo winning that. But I'm eager to see how Tua is going. Because I don't think Tua is going to have an encore like he did with Baltimore. I definitely don't see Tyreek Hill and Water Water getting those same type of numbers against this Buffalo defense. I just don't see it. I don't think Von Miller will allow it, and I know for a fact that secondary from the Buffalo Bills won't allow it. So, yes, I got the Bills winning. Next, we got the Lions and the Vikings. Yo, not for nothing, man. Jared Goff got six touchdowns and one interception so far this season. I'm telling you, this Lions team is better than people think. But they are going up against the Vikings, division rivals. You know how this can go. I'm going to pick the Vikings because they're at home. 
That's the only reason why I'm picking them, because they're at home. I would not be surprised if the Lions did pull this off, because like I said, the, the like I said, the Lions are showing some shit this season. And I think this is their first road game. So I'm going to give it to the Vikings. Next, we got the Ravens and the Patriots. Another old rivalry. I'm going to go with the Ravens to beat the New England Patriots. I'm eager to see how Coach Belichick can contain Lamar Jackson. Good luck with that. Next, we got the Bengals and the Jets. Man, oh man, oh man. This is a game that the Bengals definitely need to win. They cannot lose this game. They cannot afford to lose this game. I honestly do not know who to pick this game. I honestly don't. I tell you what. If this Jets defense can get to Joe Burrow. Like Pittsburgh did. Like the Cowboys did last weekend. They might have a shot. And if they're still riding high off of that win against Cleveland, they definitely might have a shot. But you know what? I'm going to go with the Bengals. Desperate time calls for desperate measures. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Next, we got the Eagles and the Commanders. I'm going with the Eagles. Next, we got the Saints and the Panthers. <sighs> Jameis Baker. Jameis Baker. Jameis Baker. I really don't know who to call for. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Does this Saints defense get to Baker Mayfield? Mm. I really don't know who I'm going with this game. I honestly don't know. I really don't know. Don't trust neither quarterback. I'm going to go with the Saints. I love Christian McCaffrey, though, man. I'm not going to lie. I love me some Christian McCaffrey. Jaguars and Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. That's if Justin Herbert is good to go, which I think he will be. Rams and Cardinals. I think this one's going to be a goodie. And it's in Arizona too. I'm quite sure Arizona might want to seek retribution from last year against, against the uh, Cardinals. Mm. I'm going to go with the Rams. If Matthew Stafford can take care of the ball, this should be a dog walk. But he has five interceptions in two games so far this season. That's not good. Is he still hung over from the Super Bowl? Now, I know he's got an elbow injury here and there, but come on now. Next, we got the Falcons and the Seahawks. Mm. Shit. Mm. 
I'm going to pick the Seahawks just because they're at home. Just because they're at home. If they was playing in the ATL, I would definitely go for Atlanta. Packers and Buccaneers. Listen, obviously I said Mike Evans is not playing. You still got Leonard Fournette. Tampa just signed Colt Beasley to their Packers squad, so I'm quite sure he'll be playing this game because of Mike Evans not playing. But I honestly like this look because if it's one thing I know about Brady for all these years, he loves some slot receivers. Whether it was Wes Welker, whether it was Chris Godwin before he got hurt, whether it was Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. I think Cole Beasley will flourish well in the Buccaneers game plan because Brady loves his slot receivers, and that's what Cole Beasley is. Now, unfortunately, the timing may be off because they ain't have too much time to gel, but I'm going with the Buccaneers because... I do think that they will get to Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know what it is, but Aaron Rodgers struggles when he plays in Florida. Whether it was Jacksonville or against the Buccaneers in Florida, he struggles. So I say he struggles this game. It's the Bucks' first home game this season. Because remember, the first two games were on the road. I think they ignite that crowd. And I think the Bucks get the win at home. And I know for a fact, Green Bay ain't going to be running the ball like they did against the Bears. Not against this Buccaneers defense. So I'm going with the Buccaneers. 49ers and Broncos, Sunday night football. Uh, mm. Jimmy G against Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson does know the 49ers very well. Because of his days in Seattle. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. And then last but not least. It's only fitting that this game is on prime time. And it's only fitting that it's on Monday Night Football. And that would be the New York Football Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. MetLife. That place is going to be turned up. On Monday. Man, oh man, oh man. This I, this game here, I really don't know who I'm going with. I really don't know. Because I know that Cowboys defense is definitely going to get Daniel Jones. I know that for a fact. I know for a fact this game he's going to turn the ball over. I don't think he turned it over against the Panthers, but I know this game, he's definitely going to turn that ball over. Can Cooper Rush stay undefeated as a starter? Dang, I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with the New York Football Giants to win this game. So those are my picks for week three. I'm going with the Browns, the Bears, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Vikings, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Eagles, Saints, Chargers, Rams, Seahawks, Bucks, Broncos, and the New York Football Giants. Those are my picks for week number three. There you have it. It's a wrap for this episode. But before I go, I have to give my shout out. Didn't speak about my Yankees on this episode, but I am going to shout out Aaron Judge. He has tied Babe Ruth for the most home runs 
for a Yankee in history. He is one away from tying Roger Maris. He is two away from breaking Roger Maris's record. Now, obviously, we know the all-time home run record is Barry Bonds with 73 in a season. Maguire was 70, Sosa was 63, I, I mean 66, but I don't think he's getting those numbers. I'm only focused on passing the all-time record for a Yankee. And not only that, he's trying to get the triple crown too. He's already the MVP. But if he get that triple crown too, man, I'm telling you, the Yankees are going to have to break the bank with him. Because they tried to shortchange him in negotiations. They tried to only give him 200 mil. 200 plus mil. I think when, it, when this season is over. And they're at that negotiating table. I think the bidding starts at 300 plus mil for Aaron Judge. And I'm hoping that it's us that he stays with. Because I do not want to see him go anywhere else. I don't want to see him go to the Mets. I don't want to see him go to the Giants. I don't want to see him go to the Red Sox. I don't want to see him go anywhere but stay in New York. But that is my shout-out, Aaron Judge. There you go. So, again, it's a wrap for this episode. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on all streaming platforms. Download Anchor. I'm on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, Y'all can find me on Facebook, Dre Day, Instagram, Dre Day1985. The link is in the bio. Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. And Twitter, Dre Day1985. So once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. And closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 273 is done. Catch you on the flip side. Y'all continue to be safe out there. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. What up, what up, what up? It's your man Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey. Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0300. Eight, four.